Welcome to Small Bites with Glenn Gross and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, the envelope, please. And the Oscar for the best radio show in the world goes to envelope. Please open it up. Small bites on Wildfire Radio with Glenn Gross and Derek Tim. Oh man! Oh, All right, oh, I'm Glenn Gross. I own Fat Jack's Barbecue. Uh, the a guy that is the receiving on the receiving end of the uh, Oscar is uh, Derek Tim. I'd like to thank the Academy. Don't. Uh, and especially my co-host Glenn for all the sweat, tears, and hard work. Plenty of them. Oh, all of it. Oh, yes. Yeah, but you weren't the first choice. You know that, right? Uh, I wasn't. I, I know. I'm, mm-hmm. I always get sloppy seconds. But No, you were about sloppy eighths. Yes, yes. So, but Sorry about that. But the true winner here, Glenn. Would be? The audience. Because now they get to listen to. That would be John, John Howard Fusco. Like my correspondent <laughs> for the Carrier Post and New Jersey Monthly. How's it going there, John? What's up, Johnny? Evening, guys. How are you doing tonight? He's laughing for the first time in how long? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Every time he listens to this show, I know. a lot of people laugh. Yeah. That yeah. Well, they, that's at you, not. They call this entertainment? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, what's happening? All right. Well, the first news item is actually not nothing that's really too funny, though. This is the news coming this past week from William Heron's Sons, where uh, Chef Chris Painter was one of four individuals who were suspended from the restaurant over sexual harassment allegations. According to Philly Mag, Painter had actually only been working on weekends due to a previous allegation. There's going to be more to follow on this story, so we'll be keeping an eye on that one. Uh, a couple of new restaurants to talk about. Uh, some new Vietnamese restaurant that's opening up on 3rd Street in, near South Street called Non Non, spelled N-G-O-N, N-G-O-N. Uh, their slogan is, I'm crazy with pho, and their menu does include plenty of pho options as well as banh mi and other Viet favorites. Uh, early April is the targeted opening for the Bercy. This is a modern American take on the French brasserie, and it's coming to Ardmore. Uh, it's being opened up by the same people who brought us uh, Stove and Tap in Lansdale and also Al Pastor in Exton. Uh, Hefe Taco in Frankfurt Avenue is opening up a second location. Look for that location to open up on Spring Garden Street sometime in the middle of this month. Uh, you're planning your trip down to the shore this summer. Look for a couple more breweries to be opened up along the shore. Uh, we have Heavy Reel in Seaside Heights that will be opening up soon, and also Oyster Creek in Waretown. Uh, openings on both of those should be coming out soon. Uh, plenty more articles to post uh, from this past week, posting later on tonight, including a slap in the face to Wawa from the Washington Post. And Craig LeBan's pick for the best butchers in Philly. Posting those later on Twitter. Hashtag is always small bites. Hey now. Whoa. Slap in the face. Yeah, you can't you can't sort of give us a hint on the Wawa deal right now. What's this? Can you give us a hint on the Wawa deal right now? What's going on? Oh, uh, it was uh it was just commentary about uh Wawa's in urban locations versus the suburbs. That's a very interesting take on it. What so. why why is in urban locations? Yeah. The city, Philadelphia. It's not yeah. completely urban, but you're not going to find uh, Wawa in Kensington, really. Yeah. I mean, well, I heard the big problem is is the ones in the city that they don't have good places to get the gas. They don't have gas at all. Right. <laughs> I know. Then well, they're trying to shut I'm, down all of them with the gas. Like it's been a thing that they've been trying to shut down all the Wawa that don't have gas. That. I blame that because they did not go with my movement of Scrapple, and now we have Royal Farms offering Scrapple. Oh, so I, there you go. I, I have no pity for those who do not come. That's also probably because I spent so much time in the suburbs that you know you hear things like we're shutting down all the Wawas without gas stations. First. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Have you heard, Barbie? <laughs> so, yes, John, I heard years ago that they were going to be shutting down Wawa's without gas stations. So and, and John also had a tip for Glenn. He said, if you sign up for Twitter, you'll get all of the news items that he's uh, putting uh, out uh, there. Uh, 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 you're <laughs> that, thanks so much, John. We thanks, appreciate John. the update and talk to you again next week. Have a good one. All right, guys. Thanks, John. Have a good night. But sign up for what? Uh, Twitter. Huh? Twitter. Who? Hopper. What? But yeah, he doesn't know what to do with it. Someone Twitter. came in studio and we signed her up for uh, work tonight. Yeah, yeah, we did, didn't we? We have Chef Barbie Marshall next to us. And uh, also next to me is Donato Marino, the owner of DNL Coffee <coughs> Services Incorporated, the premier bean to barista provider in the Philadelphia area. Hi, Donato. Welcome hey, back. How are you doing? So the last time you were here was in July, right? It was a while ago. Okay. So I had to keep begging and begging. And they finally let me in. So, they, you know, they sprung this interview on me, so I'm just going to roll with it. So D and L. So that would that be Donato and Lisa? Yes, it would. So mm-hmm. They give my wife so, some props as well. Just so that our audience knows what the L is in the D and L coffee. How long have you guys been around? Well, D and L has been around for the last eight years. But I've been in the coffee business for 20. Eight years. Yes. Right. And you've been in Philly. You've been doing some pretty big things in Philly, right? Yeah. 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 We've been finding new locations for you know, a lot of training. We've been doing a lot lately for new baristas that are opening up coffee houses. You just opened in 30th Street not too long ago? Late no. last year? Uh, Pret Manger? Oh, Pret Manger. Yeah, yes. That. Yes. We uh, installed the equipment for them. And they're very happy with the, uh, the the equipment they have. They're super automatics. Uh, it makes their life a little bit easier. Less training on staff. Uh, we program the machines to bring out the perfect shot of espresso, and then they finish it off with a cappuccino latte. That's awesome. Yeah. I noticed on your Facebook page that you off- also have a machine at Ray's Cafe. That's one of my favorite coffee yeah. shops really? in the city. And, yeah. yeah, Grace is a great person. They, she's been there since I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and she just was has always been innovative with coffee. Like she was doing pour over before anyone knew what pour over was. And, I, I I love how she charges more with with alloys. <laughs> <laughs> she does. No, you, really? say, you say no ice, oh, 50 cent more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. She doesn't mess around either. You'll get nothing past Grace. So you're just you're just all over the city with your machines and your coffee and and training. And so, what else do you do? Well, we also import products from Italy, specialty items for the holidays. So, what do you have for Easter? Uh, right now, Easter, we have the uh, dark chocolate and milk chocolate eggs. So I have this beautiful. Um, beautifully wrapped milk chocolate Easter egg that is like the size of the football that they used in the Super Bowl, I think. It's about yeah. that size. Yeah. It's about yeah. very They big. go all the way up to uh, It's the one nine. Nick Foles caught. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, they go up to nine kilo. It's a Philly weight. special. This is a Philly special. I, yeah. I 100% <laughs> believe this is a Philly special. It's got a little doll on it, and Glenn's got a little... Something. What's Glenn? <laughs> Glenn's got the mummers. Yeah. Uh, is Glenn's bigger than mine? Yes, Wait it a is. Minute. Yeah. Yeah. Wait yeah. a minute. Well, Glenn is bigger than you. Uh, he needs well, the chocolate needs, more than yeah. I do. No, yeah, I'm a diabetic. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't. Oh, okay. Once in a while, a chunkier Mr. Goodbar. You know, that's about it. Nice. Now, I mean, what is the story behind the Italian egg. I mean, like, for example, Barbie's, of course. This is my interview. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) She told you, didn't she? (laughs) (laughs) That is a good question, though. So what is the story behind the Italian Easter egg? Uh, he doesn't know. Just make something up. Look, everybody's going to believe. uh, You can always refer to Taylor. It's it's sort of like ask a millionaire, go to the audience, say, <laughs> <laughs> "That'd be a life one." I know nothing about nothing. So I can't help you out. Well, that's okay. Uh, I just know we've been getting them since we were little kids, and uh, there was always a prize in the middle of the egg. There's something There's in here. There's a prize in yeah, there. Prize oh, wait a minute. <gasps> yeah. Oh my goodness. And, uh, what kind of prize? That it's like a cracker jack prize. So how oh. can how yeah. can people get these? You can contact us at our 
you come down to our showroom at 7000 Holstein Avenue in Philadelphia. And that's in Southwest Philly, right? Southwest that's Philadelphia. Or Essington Avenue. Yeah. 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 Or you can go yeah. to uh, Italy. And get go to one. Italy. Kevin yeah. is in Italy right now, so I'll have to have him bring a few back for you. It'd be <laughs> probably easier just to go to a shop. Yeah. It's, it's a, a little cheaper. closer to go to Holstein yeah, Avenue. Yeah, and we also have a Colomba, which is a, a dove. It's oh. a dove shake cake, and it's almost like... Uh, uh, a dr- uh, not dry, but it's uh, like a it has fruit that has nuts in it. Oh, kind of like, like a yeah. fruit cake, almost like a fruit cake, but or a lot better. A lot, a lot better? better, yeah, yeah. You don't give it away after you receive it. You, <laughs> you actually eat it. I don't give away my panettone. I make French no, toast out of it. Panettone is there you go. Very good. Yeah. I use my when it's done right. Oh yeah. my it's like goodness! It's like an Easter bread, the regular yeah. Easter bread. It's I use my fruit cakes for doorstops. So okay. Here's what it is. So what other kind of Italian specialties do you get? Um, we bring in, uh, I won't say we bring in, but we also sell some of the San Pellegrino products. Okay. Uh, we do the espresso coffee from Italy. We just brought in a, a home espresso machine. I think that That's, I just had some from yes, that, did. and it was delicious. Yeah, it's a great machine. It uses capsules. You don't need a grinder. Everything's fresh. So it's like the Keurig of espresso. Exactly. I did not realize that when you made that for me because it had a nice froth at the top of yes. it, and I would have never guessed that it was a pod or a capsule. Or yeah, the capsules today are made so much uh, better, and they also have different variety of strengths of coffee, also combo meal tea, as well as hot chocolate. So you can come to the showroom and get one of these? Yes, you can. <gasps> Oh my All for goodness. $110. It's $110? For the machine. Wow. For that machine? Yeah. Is that cheaper than a Keurig? Definitely a lot cheaper than a Keurig. Because this is way better than a and Keurig. A I can't even drink that. Oh my gosh, you have to do, like, if you're listening, you have to go to the showroom and get one of these machines because it's also very, like, it's not big. No, like, no, it's meant to fit right underneath the counter, it, it out fit, of the way. You don't need those big, bulky. It's no, smaller than a Keurig. Yeah. I, I, you know, if you're not here, you're missing out. So you can catch it at 7000 Holstein Avenue in Philadelphia, PA. And what, if for espresso, is it's more traditional to eat, to have to be served that at the beginning or the end? That's the end. Of what? A meal? Well, it depends. I mean, you could wake up in the morning and you could have an espresso. There is no set time for espresso. What are you uh, talking about? It's always espresso time. Oh, I didn't know it was always espresso It's always time. like you need a jolt and you, you have an espresso. You wake up in the morning, you have an espresso. But, could, but isn't there a, a method of a traditional Italian meal? Well, you don't want well, to eat it. You don't want to have the meal, right? Okay. Because if you, you drink, drink it, it before, you lose your appetite. Yeah, you won't eat as much, which is not a bad thing. Sometimes, <laughs> right? But. Why do you think I keep this girlish figure? I drink coffee <laughs> all the That's time. That's how Derek keeps his girlish figure. Well, you're not drinking enough. <laughs> maybe i need to switch to espresso maybe you do so all so all of this is a traditional italian easter yes what yes. would the Ita- traditional italian meal be at easter well everybody has their own i mean we use you know we never had the ham like most people do we had the chicken we had lasagna we had uh antipasta platter um, basically, for us, Easter is the whole family getting together and you know enjoying each other's company. And food is always involved with it, as always. Well, that's the best part of yeah, any, of course, of any holiday. Yeah. You don't have this figure for no reason. Yes, you well, do. You eat a lot. Well, well, you are the coffee man, so you should be out of all of us the thinnest. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> you may not drink as much coffee as I do. Yeah. But also, as you said, you go from bean to baristas, meaning that you not only sell the machines, you offer the training for the staff. Yep. We train all the staff from knowing what kind of beans you want to use, what what kind of profile, what flavor profile you're looking for determines on, on the blend of the beans. Um, we show you how to clean the machines, which is very important. A lot of people, some people don't clean them, and you get a real bitter taste uh, when you make an espresso. How do you clean them the easiest way? 
um, there's a, a a blind filter it's called mm-hmm. and you put a cleaning powder into it and you put it in the machine and it, it sucks the powder into the so it's kind of self-cleaning basically no well you, there's a couple <laughs> steps you have to do well but in a way it's <laughs> no i didn't mean cleaning up by itself point. right yeah. so tell so me I'm about your right. beans do you select the beans uh, um, no i i i have a company in italy that okay um that i found the cafe uh, molta and uh, they blend their beans there they have a proprietary information they won't tell you what the type of beans they get them from all over the world okay. africa south america brazil and they make a blend that's they think is suitable for uh, for their palate. brand yeah for their and, brand and, and the palates they're trying to go after that's your top that's the top that's the top yeah. okay cool well that was delicious it was delicious and, i could have more and i I'm dying to know what's in the center of these eggs now. Uh, you're not going to find Break out Break Barbie's open and you'll find out. Break up and... You're not eating yours anyway. Break yours open. No. <laughs> uh-uh. We're not touching my egg. <laughs> Keep What kind hand. of girl do you think I am? <laughs> not getting oh, my prize no. on the first date. <laughs> but... I just dropped it. Talking about prizes, we've got a gentleman <laughs> online who was kind enough to gift Glenn a prize recently at, a, at an event. Yes. And uh, it was it was a very nice knife. <clears throat> well, yeah, it was actually. Yeah, Hiram. Chef Hiram. How are you? Hey. Quintana. Hey, how's it going, guys? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Singing over here, singing tan earlier. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. <laughs> back so, in the kitchen, Eric. Back in the kitchen. No more traveling for a little bit. There, why so. Why are you back in the kitchen? Let's hear this. No, maybe because he's a chef? Well, I understand well, that. But he I, used to travel. He traveled all over the country. Um, I uh, wanted to centralize my uh, headquarters, per mm-hmm. se, and um, work out of a, a lot of the guys in competition now are coming out of restaurants and mm-hmm. coming out of, you know, a lot of recognition for the restaurants and stuff. So I kind of wanted to jumpsuit and um, met a met a good friend, uh, you know, through a good friend, met a guy, Conrad, which is one of the best mixologists that I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And it just made sense all 100 percent. This guy. This guy has a concept here that I just couldn't like refuse. So you know, I'm going to jump in here for a couple months and get it rolling and get it rocking, and then um, you know, when barbecue season comes into play, there long I go. What restaurant uh, are you at right now, and where is it? I'm at I'm at Encore Fine Food and Fun in Jim Thorpe, PA. Okay. What do you, what's your fine food, fine food and spirits? Fine food and, and spirits. Um, it's an Italian cuisine. Mm-hmm. You guys were talking about Italian. We were just talking coffee. I noticed that Donato's. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm how are you? Guys. Yeah. I hope to see him Wednesday. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I hope to see you soon. Um, get your coffee right in here too. So, so what it's made a you... unique concept? Thirty seat restaurant. Uh-huh. It's a um, thirty seat restaurant, and um, upstairs it have a it has a prohibition speakeasy from the twenties. So it's kind of a retro mansion um, from the early, late 1700s. The original gen- uh, general actually lived here. They used to call this row Millionaire's Row. So there, it was a row homes of mansions, massive, massive homes. Mm-hmm. And this one is, this one particularly is converted into a whole three-story dining experience. So what? we have verandas around the side. So everything. Hmm? No, I was going to, no, go ahead. I'll, finish, I'll sorry, get my man? question in a minute. Go ahead. So, so you know, we, uh, me and Comrade have been working here together and, and getting this place, uh, you know, getting some world-class Italian cuisine inside uh, uh, Jim Thorpe, PA. I, mean, I think there was a lack of people using the farm-to-table concept into what they're doing in dining and stuff. And it's not easy, considering Pennsylvania, you know, mm-hmm. we have a dry spell of almost eight months compared to four months that you could actually harvest and go farm-to-table. So I like to call it carefully sourcing now. So carefully I have... Sourcing shipments coming in from all over the country i got my bacon coming from alabama which is billy small batch bacon i've got that's great coming bacon. off the coast i mean off the um that's, that's great bacon oh yeah billy small batch yep. bacon is, is some of the great best i got stuff. it all over the menu i got it on the pork belly, the pork belly itself it's mm. just a lot to die for so yeah. what uh why did you stop traveling so that's pretty much sums it up why'd you stop traveling and, and settle. Why did you stop traveling and settle down for a little well, bit? Well, well, I, I spent I, I spent a better part of four months in in the Gulf Coast in mm-hmm. Alabama, kind of sourcing 
some of the best ingredients in the what I think is in the country because you know obviously the seafood from the Gulf of Mexico you're talking shrimp you're talking you know you're talking uh, oysters you're talking all these like just crafted crafted ingredients all over the Gulf Coast so I spent four months into farms doing pop-ups and just kind of preparing myself mm-hmm. for something like this just to come back and bring those connects and kind of have an outlet. A lot. One thing that I noticed is that with with the private sector, not a lot of a lot of people can sit there and look at all my food and be like, "Wow, that looks great. That looks great. Where can I get it?" You know, I can't just you know, I, the private chef thing. I, I can continue that. Obviously, I continue that. But now I have an outlet, an outlet for myself personally because I'm just like a, a lion in a cage. I just want to cook. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. I just want to cook and turn the pan. So. So I just I just needed that niche. I needed to get back into the kitchen. Needed to feel the flow of running my brigade, and you know, putting out excellent food. So take me through the uh, take us through the menu. What are you What are you doing with the menu exactly? <clears throat> well, with with the menu, um, I went really, really, to really traditional Italian with, and I you know I went with a twist too because I have anything from uh, um, fillet tartare all the way up to your ahi tuna. And then I have your traditional arancinis, you know, and your, your rice, which is your rice balls. I've got roasted garlic Romano cheese sauce. So basically all over the board there, the fried mozzarella pomodoro, which is like a breaded buffalo mozzarella with a nice pomodoro sauce, and Asiago cheese. And then in the salads. So what I wanted to do is put a little bit of play for options. So a lot of the places are just stuck to the traditional, you know, you got your muscles, your clams, your, your muscles. Now I'll hear them. We, we know that you are a big, a big fan of the Nato's espresso as, as we all are here. I mean, he has a very high quality uh-huh. product uh-huh. and we also know that you are a barbecue guy. Have you delved into trying oh, to yeah. make a DNL coffee espresso rub for the barbecue? You know what? That that's an excellent idea, and then has and it has a very done. good idea. <laughs> we were doing a coffee rub. Actually, we did one at the World Food Championships, and I would love to use his beans and make my specialty rubs. I do all my own rubs here, and and you know, and that would be an excellent addition to the menu. I mostly do all my own rubbing as well. Yeah, I bet <laughs> you do. But <laughs> but uh, with the the season getting a little warmer, uh, what do we have coming in? Because we know the last time you were in studio, what a treat! Oh, that it was, was amazing. We, that was fantastic, and pretty much you put out a quality barbecue product, and I think you said it was a fifty dollar grill, if I remember, a yep. smoker, if I remember correctly and uh, you were just getting into the the flow of things starting out so obviously you're much more experienced yeah, you've been yeah. you've, you've been winning competitions what, what's on the plate for barbecue in this upcoming season even though you're the ex- the executive chef at encore fine food and spirits uh, do, do you see a large barbecue mm-hmm. presence in your future Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, picking up barbecue and kind of running with it was kind of one of the best things that I've ever did. It's just get, the barbecue community is a lot different than the restaurant community where the chefs in the kitchen are more secluded and more, you know, in the back of the house and whatever, where these barbecue guys, you're pretty much shoulder to shoulder with them cooking on the weekends and yep. the exhilaration of being in barbecue. I couldn't give that up now that I, I already got the bug and I have the setup. So I was planning on getting into a little bit over, I think it was going to average out like around 13 to 15 competitions to start off between, between March and I'm going to say July. And then July, I'm going to lay flat a little bit. Then I'm going to head up to the, to the, to the shore, to the Jersey shore for like a month or two. And then I'm going to head out back to Gulf coast. I'll be back in the Gulf coast between October to then jump into Texas. Cause this time around, I'm going to jump into the January, February months in Texas and barbecue. So I, I have a lot of plans and to be, and to be back in the barbecue circuit. That's kind of like one of my driving forces. But it's about, again, it's about stabilizing this place, too, also as well. Sure. Putting my crew in place what, uh, to be able to get there and manage that. So. What uh, what competitions do you have coming up? you have anything local? Uh, we got the – I'm going to actually compete with Doug up in Connecticut for uh, – 
Springfield. What is it? The Springfield Gone Barbecue. Okay. And uh, we're, we'll be, we'll be uh, defending our reserve grand champion there to hopefully get into grand championship in the NEBS, in the NEBS. I do it a lot of the grilling portions, the more chef oriented part where Doug cooks in the barbecue. So we kind of split that up in mm-hmm. between the middle. So Doug Kyle's from Ribs Within and myself, we just kind of go head to head and just take on on that section. So basically I'll do the cheesecakes, I'll do the pizza, I'll do this, I'll, I'll do everything for ancillaries and he'll do the main cook, the barbecue. And and I assist with that also as well. Okay, That's how I cook with Doug. But when I cook up here with, uh, with rib, um, Randy White, which is on my team, which is the Lions Den, uh, we we co-cook. So we associate with That's more of the southern end. So I'm kind of all over the place when I'm, when I'm competing in barbecue because gotcha. I'm a one-man team. Yes, I've seen that. <laughs> when I go into a competition, that's why, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a one-man circus. I'm just unloading all my stuff. This guy's insane. Yeah, like, I'll stay up for two or three days at a time, and I just go at it. Well, we definitely wish you the best of luck at Encore Fine Food and Spirits. We can't wait to see you again on the barbecue circuit. And I, I know Glenn would be more than happy yes. to come up for a, chef, for a chef appearance at uh, Encore Fine oh, Food if you wanted to absolutely. Uh, uh, collaborate. And uh, why don't you give us any address, mm-hmm. social medias, uh, or anything like that before you go? Well, they, they can... They can uh, visit... They can visit the um, Encore restaurant on the Facebook page... Uh, with Encore Fine Food and Spirits, and that's also the website, find, EncoreFineFoodAndSpirits.com. And, um, you know, they can visit us there on the website there. We'll have all the specials upcoming um, stuff. I got, I'm got. i going to have a pretty cool uh, escape room put in on the third floor also. Wow, and awesome. And where, you Very know, cool. it's going to be like, what, yeah, it's going to be an escape room. You come in with a with a with a group of six to eight people, you go into the room, you get out of there between, within an hour, before an hour, dinner's on me. Awesome. If you don't get out of there within an hour, you're back to dinner. <laughs> then you got to pay. Well, that, gamble, so. that's great. Well, it was a pleasure <laughs> talking pay. to you. But, Chef Hiram, yeah. Quintana, Absolutely. thank you so Thanks much. Lot, guys. Give me a call, care. buddy. Have a great one. Thanks, pal. Great to for you. I'll see you Wednesday. Will, Take then. care. Take it easy, bro. Bye-bye. Well, escape room. That yeah, sounds, that's that sounds cool. like something out of Hollywood. Have you ever been to one? Yeah, I have to them. I've been to them. I haven't. Yeah, but talking about things out of Hollywood. Our next guest is Mark C. Stevens. He is the author of Cooking with Spices 100 Recipes for Blends, Marinades, and Sauces from Around the World. How's it going tonight, uh, tonight, Mark? That's going great. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's our pleasure. pleasure. Uh, So why don't you, obviously, you're no stranger to the Hollywood world. So you've, I'm sure, traveled around the world, experienced many different cultures and flavors. What uh, made you come up with this uh, recipe book? Because by the sounds of it, you're you're doing quite well with your normal day job. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm a filmmaker in my other life, as you guys know, and I had, was approached by a friend of a friend who's an editor for my publishing company, and they wanted to write a spice book or have one written from the perspective of a home cook rather than a professional chef or someone who is a molecular biologist. And some of the people who've written some of these really great spice books are on the very, very high level of the culinary world, So, which is great. Um, but... I think they wanted one that had the tone of folks who maybe use four or five spices and are sometimes intimidated as I was at one time by a spice that you couldn't pronounce. Like somehow that's going to mess up your food if you can't pronounce the spice. Uh, So they wanted to put this thing together to give an introductory flavor book for folks who are just getting into it and then maybe graduate to some of those other books. That, that's great because we also have uh, Chef Barbie Marshall in studio with us and would you agree Barbie that sometimes the average home cook feels overwhelmed that they don't know how much spice to use or what spice to use? Absolutely. Um, a lot of home cooks don't know the shelf life of spices. They don't realize that they should probably buy whole spices as opposed to ground spices based on how much they'll actually use it. Um, they're not all that familiar with how many spices are out there and the differences between them. A lot of people don't even know that coriander is cilantro, you know, so right. 
and, it, it's uh, a completely different world. And on top of that, there are so many people that think of spice as spicy and hot. Yeah. Uh, agreed. And Mark, you uh, in your book, you also have what's called Spice 101, where you're explaining the regions, the cultural significance, medical uses. Uh, uh, that's great. Uh, can you dive into a little bit of that, especially like the medicinal uses? I mean, think of turmeric. Oh, ab- absolutely. And there have been just hundreds of studies proving or... Um, suggesting the medicinal value. And most people are familiar with some of the more popular ones like turmeric um, or coriander, things like that. But I didn't come across one spice that didn't have at least one medicinal property or more. And this is a good thing to know. And in in the first chapter, which is Spice 101, just best practice for using spices, there's a little health section and, um, and there's some teas and fire ciders and omam water that I've used for a really long time. So is my mom. And we love holistic medicine in, from spice world. Mm-hmm. And then each, in each individual spice entry, there's also a medicinal use section. So you have, you have two ways to attack it from this one. And also you uh, love to travel as, as do I. For me personally, I love the uh, cuisine and the spices and all the different flavors that I get whenever I go anywhere in Asia. So I would have to say that region of the world would be my favorite. See, how, how about yours? I think I agree with you. I've, I just got back from Asia. I went to all seven continents last year. And as part of the research for this book and part of just my normal travel lifestyle, and it's just such a diverse region. I, I went from Southeast Asia to just, I did a ramen tour of Japan and ate ramen in like six <laughs> or seven different places in Tokyo and Osaka. And the I mean, wasabi, sashimi, togarashi blend, Chinese five spice blend. It's just, there's not a shortage for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you can't go wrong. And when when I was in Thailand, uh, the way me and my wife described it, that we were having explosions of flavors uh, just in our mouth that we've never had before. And uh, <laughs> okay. the, the, well, the way that they describe it also is a, a lot of the things don't have, as, as Barbie was mentioning, doesn't have a large shelf life. And right. also it can't travel well. Uh, so it's an experience that you have to have while you're there, because even though we have global trade and it's we're having more flavors and more ethnic tastes uh, more today than ever, there's still some things that you have to be there in, mm-hmm. in order to to experience yourself. Uh, what would you say was the most difficult part of writing this book? Um, it was a great book to write, as you guys can imagine, especially the recipe testing. The some of the getting some of the more out there ingredients was difficult, and I I was chuckling when you were describing your adventure because I tried to bring back some fresh wasabi from Japan which I was successful at, but it was like, it was like carrying a baby across customs. <laughs> I had this thing like forefront in my carry on the whole way wrapped in a little sort of damp paper towel, doing my best to, you know, nip off the parts that were getting dry. And it was the whole scene. And I didn't have access to wasabi while I was writing the Asia chapter. So that I was really excited to do that after. And I really would have liked it. Um, but the wasabi you can get here, the powdered one is passable. So <laughs> exactly. um, that yeah. would have been my, my biggest go back. And also you are a residence of New Orleans. And I have to say New Orleans is one of my favorite food cities in the United States. Definitely. Now we're going to put you on the spot here. What's the best place in New Orleans, in your opinion, to go out to for a meal? Oh, wow. <laughs> the best place. I'm going to I'm going to get in real trouble here. You don't um, have my, to be that specific. Go- give give like the the, the top <laughs> no, be specific. varieties. <laughs> like, you know, be for, specific. For be specific. Don't listen to Barbie. Don't listen to Barbie. No. Like, Barbie. how do you narrow it down to just one? You can't. You can narrow it yes, you down. Can. No, you can't. You can too. Not if you love food. Mute her mic, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For the challenge, I I can give you 
<laughs> so if I'm going to Vietnamese, you're definitely going to either the West Bank or New Orleans East to get it from the real, real stuff. New Orleans has one of the biggest Vietnamese populations outside of the country itself. So we do not lack for good Vietnamese here. My favorite place to go is Lillette. It's always be- like just banging. It's always on point. Um, my secret spot that not a lot of people like come to New Orleans for is Cafe de Gas. It's right next to my house. They have <laughs> the best muscles okay. in the city, in my opinion. Yeah. And so between those those two uh, is where I'm gonna go if I'm like moving and you're like, where'd your last meal at? That's that's Maybe great. Depending on what part of town I'm in. Well, the next time I'm in New Orleans, I'm definitely coming down and giving them a try because I can say of. Very few times have I had a bad meal in New Orleans, and I can't wait to have an even greater one. I've never had a bad meal in New Orleans because I've never been to New Orleans. Oh, glad. But I want to go. <laughs> but Mark C. Stevens, <laughs> the author of Cooking with Spices, 100 Recipes for Blends, Marinades, and Sauces from Around the World. Before you go real quick, is there anything hot that you're working on for uh, any movies before you go? I'm about to start a pilot for CW and then I worked on a show last year um hopefully they'll have me back called Smilf uh, it's on Showtime oh it's yes really yeah, yeah 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 okay. yeah wonderful tale of a uh, Frankie Shaw who's a who's a comp- uh, just a, a master of her craft, so yeah. I would I would go check that one out. Well, I think they'll definitely call you back because that's a uh, excellent program. It was a pleasure having you on. Have yourself a great night and share any social medias or anything else before you go. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was really a pleasure. Just Mark C. Stevens underscore on Twitter and and the Instagrams and on Facebook as well. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Take care, Mark. So, so Glenn, Thanks. Mark took us around the world yes, telling did. us all the different flavors, Japan, and uh, we were talking about Thailand and all these different spices. But now, going more global again, um, I may or may not pronounce this correctly. You're going to not pronounce it correctly. I, I, I probably Believe won't. Me. But we he have Niha Kular. Was that correct? No. It's not. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. Good try. <laughs> <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Because he's got to get it right. It's Neha. 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 And she is the founder of Food Moods uh, and also Global Foodie Citizens, but also the author of Palette Passport. And she's also was born and brought up in South Jersey. So she knows a little, yes. too, or something about uh, uh, blueberries. How's it going tonight? What part of South Jersey, by the way? Uh, Galloway. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it's about 10 minutes outside of, New, um, outside of Atlantic City. Yep. Yeah. Know exactly where it is. Excellent. So why don't you tell us about a palette passport and what it's all about? Uh, well, palette passport is a, it's a cookbook. Um, and it has recipes from all around the world, uh, places that I've traveled to. I've traveled to over 30 countries. And it's not just a cookbook. It has stories about the history of certain dishes, um, how I came about, you know, uh, stumbling upon that dish. I've met some of the people that have created these, you know, dishes that have taken on the world, you know, like butter chicken in India and pica pao in, in Portugal. Um, so yeah, this is like my compilation of recipes that I've collected through my travels. And I really enjoy, uh, the way that you put the book out there is you've stated can't afford to travel cook instead. That's a great way to get people inspired and think outside the box. Cause you know, we all love to travel. We all love to go places, but one, it's either time or or money that prevent us from from going there. So I, I love the concept of, hey, still have that sort of feel that you're going somewhere and you've created easy international dishes and traditions to try from the comfort of your home. Uh, how did you go through the process of choosing what dishes to put in? Well, I mean, the 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 concept and the thought process behind the book was that it's basically what I do when I, when I travel and I come back home, that's what I bring back with me is these recipes. And that's how I relive, you know, being at that, in that country. Um, and I'm also aware that, 
not everybody has the opportunity to travel as much as I do. So this book was, was my invitation to those folks that aren't able to travel to say, hey, you can sit through this and you feel like you're traveling from country to country. Um, or you can cook a, cook, a, cook a recipe and feel like you're traveling that way. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically my thought process to put this, this book together. It was, it was a passion project of mine. Now, what country of yours surprised you when you went there? I know for me personally, I was quite surprised when I went to Peru. I really didn't have any expectations, not really sure of what to expect. But I have to tell you, when I went there, my goodness gracious, I didn't have a bad meal my entire time there. Have you had a similar experience? Was there a country that maybe you didn't think anything about and then they really surprised you? I have, yeah. And I mean, I haven't been to Peru, but it's on my list. Um, I'm dying to go there. Um, And I'm so happy that you've been able to go and and to try out that cuisine. Um, For me, it was Portugal. Um, I had, I had Spain on the top of my list for the longest time. And I had the opportunity to live in Spain and in Portugal for a month each. Um, I thought that Spain was going to be the star. I was going to learn everything about the cuisine. And that's where my whole thought was that I'm finally getting to go there and I'm going to get this much time to spend in Spain. I didn't even think about Portugal. I did no research. I did. I had no expectations. I just said, hmm, all right, it's coming along with it, so I might as well do that, too. Um, when I got there, I was just blown away. You know, it's, it's first of all, it's cheaper um, because their, their economy lends itself for it to be cheaper. You can get the same dish in Portugal that you get in Spain for about half the price. Um, it's the Mediterranean diet, but because of the Portuguese history of, of conquering parts of the world, you know, they've brought back things like chili peppers from Africa, curries from India, you know, specific pork dishes from Indonesia and stuff like that. So you really get, you know, this whole amalgamation of different cuisines just because of their history. Um, and on top, it's just gorgeous as well. Portugal is just gorgeous. That, that's great. I, I agree. That whole portion of uh, the world is fantastic. Have you been to Portugal, Derek? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's uh-huh. great. And also, one of the things that sometimes surprise you, good or bad, do you agree, is when I was in Spain and traveling all around Spain, one of the areas that I struggle with is uh, comfort level or uh a time that I'm normal of doing things. Mm-hmm. I personally like to eat at around five o'clock mm-hmm. every day. Around five o'clock is normally when I eat. Mm-hmm. You'll agree that's uh-huh. not an easy task to do in Spain because a lot of places. No, things are closed. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're closed. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because my son's in Italy and he told me yesterday that they they don't eat really till about eight or nine o'clock at night. Some places in Spain not till ten. Really? Yep. Wow. It's called till ten. Yep. Yeah, probably. <laughs> It's called this. Wow. They really take their time, you know, throughout the day. They really, they really enjoy, you know, their, their cuisine while they're eating it. You know, it's not like here where we're rushing it and we're having, we're, we're scoffing something down within a half an hour because we have to go do something else. They really relax and sip their wine and, you know, really savor every bite that they're having. So maybe they don't, eat they they probably start eating sooner the local people actually they do but they don't get to their main meal until later exactly yeah because they're they're doing the tapas and everything like that and then the main but that it it sort of throws you for a whirl so i i what i i knew what we were getting to but you, you don't really know until you actually experience it has there been a country like that for you that you sort of knew or you heard something but once you were there it was quite different to actually experience it Um, well, um, I'd heard a lot about Turkey and and that also was another place that I wanted to visit, um, forever. And, um, when I finally, when I finally got there, I was blown a bit, blown away by the cuisine and, you know, there, there is a lot to take in. Um, 
it, there, I didn't expect to see so much of a yogurt and cheese culture. Okay. You know, I expected to, to, for it to be like a meat and, and bread and hummus and, you know, you have your mess platters. But it's a, it's a very dairy-based um, food culture there. Yes. So mm-hmm. that's one thing that I didn't really, um, I, I didn't expect that when I went to Turkey. That's great. Yeah. And um, I, I had these dishes that were just, you know, it was, I have one recipe in my book. It's called Monty. And it's it's like a it's a it's a ravioli that's stuffed with meat, um, with beef and onions and stuff. And and instead of a, a sauce, a savory sauce or a red sauce, you have a yogurt sauce. It's just yogurt, garlic, and you know salt. So that combination, you know, when I first had it, it was just so weird in my brain that, <laughs> that I'm having this whole combination together. But it somehow works. And that know? and that's what I um, that's what I like okay. about your book. Also, it's palette passport. You're you're taking everyone all around the world. You're you're having a, a a passport stamped every time you're sticking something in your mouth from another country. And that I, sounds pretty good. Yeah, and <laughs> and I really like that you even uh, came back to your roots of where you grew up of South Jersey blueberry pie recipe you put into your book. That's that's really oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that one is really special to me. Um, I, I've you know visited the farms there in Hamilton, which is about twenty minutes from from where I grew up, and um, it's called the Blueberry Capital of the World. Right. Um, so I've I've been to some of the farms there where they they you know show you how to grow it, how to harvest it, and what they do, how they bake certain things with it. They even make wine um, with the blueberries. Uh, there's a local restaurant that I always go to, you know, for celebration purposes, and they have this blueberry pie that's just amazing. I mean, it's like this overflowing, you know, with this tart flavor, and that the crust is just perfect. So I I tried to do what I do when I travel. I tried to get the recipe from the owner, um, who wouldn't give it to me because it's their <laughs> prized possession. So, so I just, uh, I worked on it. I, I, you know, did several recipes and just remembering what I tasted and how it looked, um, came up with my own version. That's great. So what I put in the book is, is my version of what I ate at this restaurant. That's fantastic. Well, palate passport, go out, buy it. Also, uh, food moods and global foodie citizens. It was a pleasure having you join us tonight. Feel free to share any social medias or anything like that before you go. Well, thanks for having me. Um, you can find Palette Passport on Facebook under Palette Passport, on Instagram under at palette.passport. And if you'd like to purchase a book, it's on amazon.com. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Take care. Man, that, that was that fun. Was that, that was all yeah. around the world. And uh, our next guest, Glenn, Allie Rosen. The title of her book is... You would think that she's trying to pick a fight with someone. Okay. I like her already. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it, Glenn. Bring it. Bring Tried it. and true recipes. For I feel like you're trying to pick a fight. We're here. <laughs> yeah. We're not invited for, to the potluck. For potluck and casual entertaining and... Ali is also, uh, she has a television show and a website dedicated to sharing the best and brightest in food, which is called Potluck, and it airs on NYC Life, and it's even been Emmy nominated. Wow. Welcome, Ali. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thank you. That's my favorite introduction I've had so far. Great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds more like like we said, you, you, you're just ready to put it out yeah. there. Just bring it. <laughs> Whatever you have, bring it. Put what it out there, you, bring it on. What have you been in today talking about? I've been having now. too much of DNL Coffee Espresso. <laughs> yeah, are, I'm ready for anybody to bring it after drinking a couple cups of that. You, you are kind of wired. He's very wired. Any wired? So tell us about Bring It. Tried and true recipes for potluck and casual entertaining tell us all about it so bring it is a book that's trying to answer that question that we all have when we have somebody hosting something and we say what can i bring you know it's the types of dinner parties that we have now are much more casual than they used to be everybody's always bringing a dish and contributing so i wanted to write a book that really spoke to that and would allow people to have recipes that they can have for appetizers or even entrees or desserts that would really be able to travel well. And every recipe 
has a section for how to bring it, you know, so how to make it ahead, how to store it, how to reheat it. Um, because I think that's kind of, you know, we're all making dinner ahead. We're all bringing dishes. So that was really the goal for bring it. And one of the areas uh, that the uh, that you guys had was the perfect Super Bowl setup. Now, the perfect Super Bowl setup went exactly how I was hoping it would for the Philadelphia Eagles to win. Yeah. That, that that was my perfect Super Bowl set up. No time coming. But I mean, going. That's why the book came out this year. Exactly, perfect timing. We we. I hope you bring another book out next year because I'm I'm not going to wait another fifty two years <laughs> for for another one. But you yeah. you you have how to have a picnic at home. Not only now to have a picnic how to pack for a picnic because that's just as important as going to a picnic is, is packing because you don't want everything to spill b- before you get there and more important no bake desserts we could go through over and over of all these great things that you have but how do you throw a perfect potluck what is the perfect potluck well i think that the main thing is to just start with more information. You know, I think that what people end up doing is they say, oh, bring whatever you want because they want people to feel like they can do, you know, whatever's easiest for them. And it's actually easier for guests to kind of give people a little bit of an assignment. Say, hey, you bring a salad, you bring a vegetable, you bring a grain, you know, and then that way you don't have like six people showing up with dessert and nobody felt like bringing an entree, you know? So I think that the main thing is to get organized and to just give people a little bit of instruction. The other thing that I tend to recommend is to not go overboard on having too many things that need to be hot because you want to be able to have the food sit out. You want to be able to have people sort of graze. And I think people get in their head that like an entree has to be hot, which it really doesn't. There's a lot of recipes in the book. You know, there's a great ginger beef. There's this mustard salmon. I mean, these are all sort of meat and fish entrees that can be served at room temperature. So I think the main thing is just to have like a little bit of forward planning so that everybody can show up with their best item. And also I like it, and it goes back to the title, because you're ready to pick some fight. You're ready to bring it. Because uh, a couple people are probably going to have their feathers ruffled. Why room temperature pasta is ready to be updated. There's a lot of people that have recipes that have been handed down generations to generations and i'm sure that they would not agree that they need to update a thing so what does need to be updated (laughs) well i think that we need to pack more flavor you know i think that if you have something at room temperature the rule has to be that there has to be a lot of flavor going on in the dish you know i think a lot of those pasta salads that we kind of think of and that kind of make people cringe when you even say the word potluck or a lot of those kind of like mayonnaise-based, like not-too-flavorful salads or not-too-flavorful noodle dishes. And I think that when you're trying to serve something at room temperature, the flavor has to be so great that you don't, you know, crave that warm, fuzzy feeling that you get when you have pasta that's hot. So, you know, for example, there's um, a tomato orzo uh, cold pasta in the book. Um, that has, you know, a lot of flavor to it. It's feta in it. It's great. There's a pistachio anchovy pasta. It's just really interesting and kind of makes you stand back and say, oh, my gosh, what's in this? So I, I think that it's it's not that other people's recipes are bad. Everyone can love whatever they, you know, want and whatever they grew up with. But I think it's just thinking through kind of what makes something that's at room temperature even better that will make you have the dish that stands out in the crowd. Now, also, tonight is the Oscars. And you are no stranger to having big pie powered award people recognize you because you have an Emmy Emmy (laughs) nominated show potluck. Tell us a little bit about potluck. Yeah, I, you know, I am so lucky because my show airs, um, you know, in the New York tri-state area, which, you know, hopefully, you know, includes some of your listeners as well. Um, We're on NYC life, which is, you know, the city's public television station. So uh, Potluck is really all about bringing the best in food to our viewers. And we're so lucky in New York that we get people from all over the country. But it's a show that has recipe demos, drink demos, cookbook author interviews. You know, um, it's it's really kind of trying to show you new things you can learn about food every week. And what's cool about public television is that we're all about education. You know, so there's no competition. There's no eating bugs. Um, we're really just here to, you know, learn about food. So I, I feel very lucky. And, yeah, having 
you know, been nominated for an Emmy. I feel for all the losers at the Oscars tonight. <laughs> I, I know what that feels like. They really want to win, and you just don't. And then they give you like a little sad certificate. So, um, so you know, I'm watching the Oscars tonight. You know, having a drink. For the losers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. There are no losers for anyone who purchases Bring It or watches Potluck. I can tell you that. Absolutely not. Yeah, if you want to, like, drown your sorrows and not being nominated for an Oscar, you can make some delicious recipes, and that'll make it better. <laughs> so what would be next for uh, you? you? You've actually you've, you've tackled the Potluck. Do you have another book in in mind, what would be the next topic that you would like to tackle? Yeah, well, the thing that I, you know, and the thing that I think resonates hopefully with Bring It is that I am, you know, I'm a working mom. I have a busy life. And so most of the recipes in the book are easy, you know, as sort of the title of the book, they can be made ahead. A lot, about a third of the book is 30 minutes or less. Um, so, you know, I, I think the next topic that I will be going for is trying to make uh, dinner easier because I think we have a lot of these kind of 30 minute or less meals, but you know, you want to have things that you're still excited about making. So that's kind of where my focus is. It's just continuing to kind of bring recipes that are exciting and fun and have that, you know, element of surprise for people without it being difficult. Because I know like I am not at home making a souffle and like hoping that it will rise. Like that is just not my style. So, <laughs> I, you know, I like to cook food that is exciting for people that looks like it took longer than it actually did and that impresses people. And then I can go, Oh, well, let me tell you how easy it is. You know? So I, I think that's what you get from bring it. And hopefully, you know, whatever the next project is, will you know, be on that same plane. Because, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I, I talk to chefs every day. I so admire what they do. But most people cooking at home just do not want to spend that time. So it's finding that balance. I agree. I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. Well, as you mentioned, some of the tasty recipes in Bring It are pistachio and anchovy pasta, Snap pea salad with Parmesan and bacon. Everything's oh, better with bacon. Uh, tahini, lamb and rice, yeah. cauliflower, gratin, chai, brownies. My goodness. You brought it, girl. You brought it. You didn't just <laughs> bring it again. <laughs> bring it. Tried and true recipes for potluck and casual entertaining. And also the show Potluck airs on NYC Life. Ali, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for calling in. And if you'd want to share any social medias or anything like that before you go, please do. Yeah, you can find my website, potluckwithally.com, or you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Allie underscore Rosen. And we have a lot of really amazing giveaways for the book. We actually have a Breville uh, Fast Flow Pro cooker coming up this week for people who've pre-ordered. So find me on social media. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was great. Have a good one. Take care. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. That was fun, Glenn. Yeah, oh, definitely. I love the title of that. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. And she sounds so up and 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 cheery and she just lo loves what she does and I, I i have to admit it i didn't want to admit it to ollie when i was on i've never watched potluck but it intrigued me it, to have a emmy nom nominated show and have someone who's as happy and outgoing right like that never it, seen it I, I do we get it down here i don't even know i don't think we do but i'm sure we could probably go online and oh yeah everything's on, online uh, on what stream just about yeah, anything you, you want you now can probably stream it i'm sure on what <laughs> huh? Online, what's that? I mean, maybe we can search through the yellow pages. Ah, there you go. <laughs> that, that would work. That, that's that's more the speed. But Don Donato Marino, DNL Coffee Services. Thank you so much for coming in studio. Thank you for having me down here again, Derek. Why don't Appreciate you? Why don't you? And thanks oh, for the chocolate. Yes. Where's Derek? Say, by the way, say the chocolate. Say the address and say this little handy dandy machine we brought in before we close up. Yeah, the, uh, the chocolate in Italian is called Uovo di Pasqua, which is uh, Easter egg in Italian. And uh, also the espresso machine is uh, Cafe Esse, is the brand of coffee that we brewed today. And, Cafe uh, Esse? Yeah. Esse, yeah. <laughs> Derek, you're really wired, man. How many cups did you have? <laughs> and uh, we can be reached at 215-365-5521, uh, Philadelphia Coffee, yeah, Philadelphia 
uh, DNL Coffee Service uh, on uh, Facebook. And Facebook? We, we, we've got a minute. If you want to do a Q102 shout out here. Yeah, there you here, go. Yeah, also. Uh, <laughs> hey, here he is. He's shouting out to. Hey. I'd like to give uh, congratulations to uh, Cahill's MYA for taking first place again. Number three. Yes. And of course, I'm the captain of the, the show. You're the what? Aye, aye, captain. captain. All right. Beat yeah. me up. Salute him. <laughs> that was great. How about how about you, Barb? Did you have fun? Of course. I always have fun. Did you have fun enough to come in studio next week? I had fun enough to come in studio. Oh, oh my Two weeks in a row. Can you handle two weeks in a row, Taylor? I don't think so. What? <laughs> you didn't miss me? It's been so long. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been so long, I almost forgot about your haircut. Please, come, please come again. Ah, and hey, Glenn Gross, Fat Jack's Barbecue, uh, Barbie Marshall. You can reach me at chefbarbie.com, at Barbie Marshall on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, Glenn, we'll let you go again. Thanks Quick. a lot. Fat Jack's Barbecue, New York, Philadelphia. We're opening Fat Jack's Chicken and Biscuits in Oxford in about two weeks. There you go. Well, you said that about your Morrisville location. Yeah, well, that, that took, took three two years. years. Yeah, well. So don't, but listen it's open. To, don't listen to Glenn's two-week estimate. We're doing another location in Morrisville, by the way. There you go. Derek Tim, BlueJeanFood.com. This is Small Bites. We're live every single Sunday, 6.35 p.m. on WildfireRadio.com, or catch us on your Apple products the following day on iTunes and we end the show like we always do with a joke of the week from legendary joke tower Jackie, Jackie the, the joke, joke man, man Martling. Martling hello I'm Jackie Martling and this is small bites a guy walks into a bar sits down orders a drink and then he sees pellets on the bar he's a barkeep what are these pellets the bartender says those are smart pills oh yeah y- you mind if I take a few Knock yourself out. The guy scoops up a handful, swallows them. He says, these taste like crap. The bartender says, you're getting smarter already.